Mike Birch is our next guest and he's already on. So good, good afternoon, sir. Great to see you. Awesome. Well, thank you, Francis. Thank you very much, Judy. We'll talk to y'all here in a little bit. And Mike, it's uh, it's wonderful to see your face here today. I'm sure I'm going to see you uh, many times this upcoming week, especially considering that uh, one of the sports that Speedway Motorsports is a part of, NASCAR is celebrating champions this week in Nashville. Yeah, looking forward to getting to Nashville and uh, kind of now one of our uh, home venues with Nashville Super Speedway there. And uh, be great to see the team there. But just great to see everybody in the industry coming together, celebrating uh, for Speedway Motorsports was a great 2024. But I think for NASCAR as a whole, uh, had, a, had, a, had a great year and a great champion in Ryan Blaney and, uh, and always fun to get to Nashville. So looking forward to that. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of fun as well. Um, uh, Mike, by the way, is the chief operating officer for Speedway Motorsports. And, you know, when we think of Speedway Motorsports and the racetracks, obviously we think of things that happen with NASCAR, be it Charlotte Motor Speedway to the Roval at the same venue, to Bristol and Texas, North Wilkesboro Speedway, Sonoma Raceway, Atlanta Motor Speedway, all of the great tracks as part of the Speedway Motorsports portfolio. But it's not just NASCAR. There are a lot of other major pro motorsports that happen at Speedway Motorsports tracks. If you just had to do just a quick Rolodex of your brain, um, what are some of the different series that people can see? Yeah, just about every series out there uh, that races. And uh, I've enjoyed listening to some of the other series and recognizing a lot of faces uh, earlier uh, today. And uh, obviously, we've got some of the uh, the best dragster facilities in the country uh, with the, the four wides at the at Charlotte uh, Motor Speedway and, and out of Las Vegas Motor Speedway. So really excited to be hosting the HRA again uh, in 2024. That sport continues to grow and evolve and with a new title sponsor there. And uh, Glenn Cromwell and the team there have been great to work with. So uh, excited about that. Uh, the last event uh, we had here in Charlotte, the World of Outlaws, uh, their, their World Finals event and with uh, dirt tracks uh, at Texas and Charlotte. And out in Las Vegas as well. I'll always look forward to hosting those events. And then we've got uh, asphalt tracks, uh, the bull ring uh, out at out at Vegas. Always great racing there, and uh, just a lot a lot going on. And, and what I'm maybe most excited about is uh, U.S. Legend cars uh, that we that we produce, and uh, as one of the largest manufacturers of race cars in the world. Just the growth that that series has and when you look back on the history of that, and we have a picture here at Charlotte Motor Speedway down the Speedway Club of Jim France. Uh, driving one of the uh, the early legends cars. So when you have you know such racing greats as as the Bush brothers and Bubba Wallace and Dale Jr., uh, so many people who got their start, um, we're really excited about what that series could hold for us going forward. And uh, we just had some recent news with Graham Smith, who was overseeing that uh, division for us, has now moved into a really important role here with us at Speedway Motorsports as being the vice president of our OEM partnerships. So uh, Graham will be working very closely with so many of the manufacturers that, uh, that we do business with at our facilities. But consequently, that leaves a hole in the organization. And uh, we are just starting the search to look for somebody to kind of lead uh, U.S. Legends and NX, the sanctioning body. And there's just uh, so much opportunity there as far as the membership base, uh, the potential for, you know, improving the broadcasts, uh, a lot of people tuning in. Uh, how do we distribute those races? How do we sanction more races? So uh, that's definitely on the agenda for 2024 is continuing to grow uh, U.S. Legends. 
Yeah, you know, it's incredible. And and for me and my history, actually, the first time I ever worked at a racetrack at Texas Motor Speedway was a Legends car race on what was the fifth mile asphalt track. Now it's a great dirt track that uh, will host micro sprints again in 2024. Uh, but even moving beyond that, running a series in Texas and doing everything. Mike, when we look at NASCAR today, for example, it truly is amazing to me. I know you mentioned a couple of names, Kyle Busch, Kurt Busch, Dale Earnhardt Jr. So many of the drivers that are in NASCAR today that came from Legends cars. Again, a personal one for me, Chris Buescher, seeing him get three wins this year coming out of not only the Texas Legends car program, but also spending summers in Charlotte racing in the Tuesday night shootout and doing everything that he did there. It is literally, I don't know that you're going to find a resume in NASCAR or it'll be rare to at least right now to find one that didn't somewhere start in legends cars yeah i was uh, i was watching the uh, chase elliott documentary on peacock and he had a shot of him with his his legends car and joy logano uh another big legends driver so it's just a great way uh, kind of the the pop warner the grassroots uh form of, of racing and that's really where it all starts and you know, a healthy uh grassroots system you know getting uh more kids involved in our bandoleros Moving into legends, you know, the great story about William Byron, who literally started on iRacing and went from iRacing to legends, you know, and now, uh, you know, competing for a, uh, a NASCAR Cup championship in, in the final four. So it's uh, it's a great way to get involved. Uh, again, NX is the sanctioned body that's uh, short for inexpensive. So uh, it's all relative, I guess, at the end of the day. But as far as motorsports goes, you know, getting people involved, you know, with bandoleros, with legends cars, uh, really a spec series. You don't have to spend a lot of, of money or effort or know a lot about the engineering uh, of the car. You know, the engines are sealed. Uh, basically, uh, you're just you're buying buying your tires. And uh, unfortunately, if you're wrecked, you got to buy parts. But uh, just it's a, a lot of fun to watch. And I always enjoy during the summer, as you alluded to here at Charlotte on Tuesday nights looking out of my office window and uh, so many names now that are starting to percolate up uh, were names that I was listening to, you know, seven, eight, 10 years ago, the Kaz Gorallas and, and folks like that, who are now are starting, you know, hearing that name uh, as a, as a young line in, in legends cars to now uh, see him moving up the ranks is, is a lot of fun. So again, a great way to get started in the sport. Uh, we're looking to continue to grow it. Um, and again, with, uh, with, with streaming, uh, you know, so, so many great stories, to tell um, again, you talk about we're all looking for how do we get more uh, diversity and inclusiveness in the sport. Uh, you know, you've got black drivers, you got female drivers. Um, you know, that's that's the future of racing and getting getting kids started uh, young is is a great way to continue to make sure the sport has a, a bright future. Well, and we have a worldwide audience here today, Mike, so we should also mention, too, Legends cars are not being shipped just to wonderful dealers throughout the United States, but there is a large portion of what gets manufactured right there in Harrisburg, North Carolina, that goes overseas as well, right? Yeah, it's uh, the full name is U.S. Legend Cars International, and uh, that international is very, there very intentionally uh, for a reason, and we continue to see tremendous growth uh, in Europe where it's become a partner uh, series to a lot of the uh, the NASCAR and stock car racing over over in Europe. Uh, we see tremendous growth and growth in the Middle East and northern northern Africa in Asia, uh, South America. We're literally shipping cars to to every continent and uh, growing the sport there. Personally, I have a dream. I'd love to one day see the Legends cars be in the Olympics, and uh, we need to start uh, working with ACUS here in the U.S. and with the FIA globally to get that that sanctioned. And again, it's a form of racing that's occurring. Uh, across the world, and I, I'd love to see uh, 
U.S. legend cars rolling into uh, the Olympic Coliseum as part of the opening ceremonies of Olympic Games one day. <laughs> I think that would be actually pretty amazing. And why not, right? I think we should have motorsports. Got to dream big. Yeah, it, it, that's 100% true. Um, you know, let's talk about some of the things just in the racing world. And again, this is not certainly NASCAR focused. We talk about NHRA. We talk about World of Outlaws, Legends Car Racing, and so many other different racing series that are being run at Speedway Motorsports facilities. Um, where we are right now, you know, we got to see some great races this year. Uh, also talked about a lot of success stories. A sellout of the Coca-Cola 600, for example, is just one of the sellouts, by the way. Um, but uh, where the where the trend is moving where's the pendulum swinging these days yeah we really uh worked very closely with uh steve phelps and ben kennedy and steve o'donnell on the 24th schedule and uh you know we had this uh you mentioned the olympics the olympics caused a huge uh you know scheduling challenge uh with our partners at, at nbc uh having the rights to the summer olympics next year and having two weeks there in this in the schedule that really wouldn't have made sense for us to uh, to go up against that and would have been really challenging for NBC just to find broadcast channels to distribute it on, let, let alone find production people. Um, but given that, I think we were able to come up uh, with a really great schedule. We actually moved everything back a week uh, to accommodate that, that that extra week off. So the, the season next year, and, and Steve Phelps probably went over this a little bit, going to end a year later next year. But we're really excited about Atlanta motor speedway and the reconfiguration there, the reprofile has created some of the best racing uh, in the in the series and there's really two showcase events next year we're coming off the daytona 500 we're going to go right to atlanta motor speedway and that traditionally has been one of the biggest television audiences of the year so i think it's a great opportunity to expose fans to a really exciting form of racing at atlanta motor speedway and then we took the summer date we're going to move it back uh, to the first race of the playoffs which you get the playoffs opened with with a bang there and uh we're going to go from uh, the high bank half mile of atlanta to uh, a, a true road course at watkins glen and then wrap up that first round at bristol and uh, going to be super exciting there going from 16 to 12 uh always a lot of energy attention there and, and speaking of bristol uh we're going to go back to uh, to two races on the concrete there and uh you know we really enjoyed the dirt uh, experiment and uh it was a lot of fun and produced a lot of great racing and a lot of memories and, and great moments uh but felt like it kind of run its course what we heard from the fans they they loved the racing uh on the traditional bristol profile and uh so and moving that off of easter that was another uh, challenging weekend for some of our fans at bristol so um moving that date uh, into march uh, and getting it back on the traditional asphalt or concrete there should be a, a big win for us, and we're looking forward to that as well. You know, uh, opening new venues uh, also, um, well, really opening a new old venue in Wilshire <laughs> Speedway. Uh, and it wasn't just 2023. It actually did open in 2022 with just a great month of uh, asphalt racing from modifies to late models and everything. And, Mike, I don't remember if you were standing there one winter uh, with a weed eater in your hand or not with everyone else. But um, to be able to do that and not just the challenges that go into reopening something that sat dormant for more than a quarter of a century, uh, but also the decision to pull the trigger and say, yeah, let's not just open it. Let's rebuild the infrastructure just like it was. And just here a couple of weeks ago, let's go ahead and add some new asphalt to the surface without taking away the character. What, what all goes into that? Yeah, and really, you know, again, first of all, credit to uh, to Marcus Smith, and uh, you know, he was one of those folks who was out there. Uh, he and, and Dale Jr. 
um, or the ones out there, uh, you know, kind of whacking the weeds just so really we could preserve it digitally uh, for the team at iRacing to be able to go in there and scan uh, the racetrack. It should give iRacing a lot of the credit for what happened at Atlanta as well, because we were able to extensively test the profile there before we actually moved an inch of dirt or laid an inch of asphalt uh, virtually. And that really helped us to uh, to work out a lot, of, a lot of the kinks and develop a great track there. And uh, so we wanted to preserve this, this great track digitally. Um, but then, as you said, we had some, some great racing there uh, two years ago. And, uh, and one night uh, when Dale Jr. brought the Sundrop car back out and we put uh, 20,000 people there, we said, wait a minute, um, this place might still be viable uh, for major racing events. And uh, we had the opportunity celebrating the 75th anniversary of NASCAR last year. Wouldn't it be great, or you know, this year, last, last season, uh, here in 2023, doesn't seem like it's over already, but uh, um, we had the chance to, hey, what, what a perfect uh, way to kind of uh, uh, put a, a little bit of a, an extra special twist on that by having the all-star race there at North Wilkesboro. And the energy and the excitement, I see so many smiles on people's faces and a, a great really five days uh, of, of racing there culminating with just uh, a dominant performance by by Kyle Larson um, you know credit to him to to just you know be, he's such a talent um, uh, unfortunately didn't produce uh, some of the most exciting racing but it was awesome to watch him uh, put on that performance and now we're gonna uh, as you alluded to we're gonna repave and uh, see what that does and paving technology has come so far and again steve swift and, and our team at, at speedway motorsports who who redevelops these speedways um excited to see what uh, how that that asphalt uh changes the dynamic and uh, maybe get a little more compelling racing there the truck race was great but looking forward to hosting the uh, the all-star race there and, and maybe a little bit less uh uh well-known uh, repave that we're doing is out at Sonoma Raceway. And uh, and that was really, again, driven by motorsports. It wasn't driven by NASCAR per se, but that track is used every single day. There are people racing on that track and the asphalt was really getting uh, uh, worn out. And it, it was it was okay from a racing perspective, but what, the feedback we were getting from the, a, lot, a lot of other people were using track saying, this place, you know, needs a repave. It's starting to throw up uh, a lot of a lot of uh, chunks and, and things, and uh, so uh, so we're gonna gonna repave uh, Sonoma. So again, another uh, opportunity to to push technology and uh, and use uh, things like iRacing and that and new new technology asphalt to, to hopefully create a better race there in Sonoma. So we're excited uh, for that, and then we'll also uh, be taking a look as we do annually at, at all of our other facilities. And Texas is one that gets uh, a lot of people asking. I thought we had a great race there when we finally had a race there uh, this past playoffs. You know, the first year uh, the, the, the race teams decided this is gonna be the, the playoff race where we experiment with tire pressures. Uh, we had rain, uh, we, had, we had a new, uh, we, had, we had rain, uh, we had a new car. So it wasn't really a good test of the surface and uh, so, uh, so we had a really good race, I think, this, this past year. So we'll, we're moving that race to April this year. So it's going to move out of the fall, getting away from football, uh, which we all know is king uh, in Texas, getting into that April window, which historically was the more popular of the two races when Texas had two race weekends. So we're really excited to see what, what racing does, does in April, and uh, we'll take a, take a look at that. But if we have a race like we had uh, 
uh, last year or this past uh, playoffs, uh, I'd encourage everybody to to go down there and see it. There's nothing like being being in Texas for for a race. The fans are great. Uh, the Fort Worth market is tremendous. So much to do. So great food. Uh, you know, good 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 eating. A lot a lot of fun. A lot of good times. So we're excited about the the spring race in Texas this year as well. Yeah, and, and you know the other part of that, and, and I'm glad you mentioned it too. That is the traditional race weekend, literally the traditional race weekend, April 12th through the 14th. You go back to 1997 when Jeff Burton picked up his first career victory in the NASCAR Cup Series. It was that weekend that all of that happened, and now here we are moving into 2024. But even enhanced with the weekend, not only is it the triple header race weekend, but it was just announced that Kyle Larson's High Limit Sprint Car Series is going to run at the 410th mile dirt track as part of that weekend the fifth mile dirt track is going to be used as part of that weekend and so much more so um, when it comes to planning an event weekend you know there are races during an event weekend but it is an event weekend and adding all of that to it mike when it comes to all of that and everything that you can offer the fans on a race weekend what kind of conversations happen to say hey let's not make this really fun let's make this one of the coolest things someone's going to do all year yeah, that's really you know, being there. You know, we, if we learned anything during COVID, it was the importance of having fans at the track. It may have been a lot of fun to be able to watch racing uh, when we were starved for sports. Nothing else was going on. There's nothing like being at the track and the energy and the excitement that the fans bring. So and not only is it looking at, OK, how does the, the cup date play out? But then what other support races? You know, where do the trucks fit in? You know, where does the, the Xfinity Series fit in? As you mentioned you know, triple headers, double headers, practice and qualifying. How do we balance that? And then if we've got some time left over, what other fun, what other events can, can we bring? I think one thing you'll see next year is we're really going to get focused on the racing and the racing culture. And how do we get, you know, more drivers out into the fan zone to interact in, with the fans? Uh, you know, we brought Trackside Live back and had, had Kenny Wallace at a lot of our races last year. Fans are there to engage in racing so again how do we bring back bring in more legends how do we get more people involved in the sport out in front of the fans how do we get more race cars out in the midway how do we get the fans better access to the cars when they're on pit road around the garage you know racing is why people come to the racetrack so we're, we're always trying to figure out how do we get more racing uh, and how do we get them closer to the racing and for people who are really into it you know how do we give them the best experience possible so really looking at focusing on the racing and more racing more different types of racing and just more access to those involved in racing is something you're going to see from us going forward you know, I'm glad you brought up Trackside Live. And for someone who doesn't know, you go back to the days of Speed, Speed Channel. Uh, they used to do that every single week. And it was actually a, a series of weekend long events. And Mike, what Speedway Motorsports has done is brought that back with uh, original talent as well. You mentioned John Roberts and Kenny Wallace. I know Wendy Venturini has helped out on several weekends and uh, a lot of great people out there. But, but I almost want to transition that into another aspect of motorsports as well. And this is a big part of the fan experience. And that's the Midway whether it is the souvenir trailers to displays and all of that. And sometimes I look at it and think to myself that, you know, you get into COVID or you get into a recession and I'm sure there are people um, who run marketing departments at companies and say, you know what, maybe that was a nice to have. So if we need to trim a little, we'll trim that. And now I start looking at those things as really need to haves. If you're a company, we need to be in front of our customers. We need to have these roadshows and these displays, but also from the racetrack side of things to put things out there, like you mentioned with the speed stage again, the uh, you know to, to be able to go out there and say, 
here are the people. We're pushing them out to you as well. So can you give us an idea of that side of things, the outside the gate fan experience and maybe where things are going with that now? Yeah, we're definitely starting to see that that come back. And, and uh, I think smart marketers are starting to realize that not all engagements, not all touch points. And even I think even the drivers are starting to realize like not all engagements are the same and interacting with your fan base on social media is not the same thing as looking them in the eye of shaking their hand, of signing an autograph, of taking a selfie. Brands are the same way, uh, you know, going down to, uh, to Texas Motor Speedway and going to, and, and getting a sample of Andy's frozen custard is a whole lot different experience than seeing a picture of Andy's frozen custard. So being able to actually interact, touch, feel, try, um, really experience what the brand has to offer. I think marketers are starting to realize there's real value in that. And, and not again, not all these touches are, are equal in terms of the impact it can have on a fan base. So, you know, we're seeing again, the, the merchandise trailers, seeing more companies coming coming in and, and starting to sell merchandise, but really the brands are starting to realize, and even we as a sport are thinking about how do we get more of the sport into the midway? So NASCAR creating the NASCAR experience and bringing that to every event that probably something we couldn't do individually uh, as, as speedways, but when we come together as an industry, it starts to make sense to have a high quality way to introduce uh, a fan to NASCAR and show them what's going on and be a place where we can showcase a lot of these things and host a lot of these events in a footprint that is there week to week. And that, that consistency is really important. But I also think it's really important to maintain the personality of each event, not even each track, but as you know, the Roval event at Charlotte has a much different feel than the Coca-Cola 600 does. And the power of Memorial Day and the pre-race uh, there at the, one of the, the, I think, only two or three events the Department of Defense actually supports from a sports perspective. But having that kind of flavor and uniqueness that pre-race at Sonoma should be much different than pre-race at Texas. You know, the wine-infused, uh, you know, maybe versus the uh, the steer-infused and, you know, the, the iconic, you know, events up in New Hampshire Motor Speedway and the ACDC tribute band that they have there, Dirty Deeds, uh, on Saturday night where, you know, fans bring out their red wagons and just hang out and sing along to songs that they love, uh, something that fans look forward to every single year. So you want to build those kind of tentpole uh, events and, uh, you know, the fan base in Dover. And, and you know, we've just been so impressed with their their commitment to uh, to the Monster Mile and how that midway continues to grow, how the fans continue to come out and support the event. They put up with a lot of, of challenging weather. And that's one thing we really looked hard at is, is can we find a date to move it around? And the hard part about a, a race is it's, it's a data point of one. It's one weekend a year. So again, if we were one day off at Dover for the last two years, we would have had racing on time. So um, we still encourage people to, to get there, especially if you're in the Northeast. The racing is great at Dover. The experience uh, is fantastic. The fans are, are great. I'm a little biased. I grew up in the, the southeastern Pennsylvania area, so Dover is kind of the closest track to me as far as growing up. But the fans up there love racing, so it's really fun to see that. And I encourage folks you know, who have a home track to maybe think about, can I get to one of these other facilities? Can I go see racing in another part of the country? Because uh, it has a whole different feel. The fan base is, is different. Uh, the racing maybe very different road course versus short track versus flat intermediate versus super speedway 
all those variables of the racing, but getting to see the people and feel the vibe uh, of an event is so much fun to, to go to these different venues and even different forms of racing. Going to an NHRA event has a much different feel than an NASCAR event or a dirt track event has a different feel, uh, you know, from from uh, you know another form of, of racing. So trying out different things, you may not love all of them, but you'll make some new friends and you'll get to see uh, drivers who are really talented and pit crews and, and teams are working really hard to put on a great show. And I think the, uh, the message I would also reinforce is, you know, if you love racing, you have to go out and support it. I think the biggest threat that we have is the value of land. It is unbelievable. You know, we see that in the housing market, but land continues to be incredibly valuable. And you see so many of the smaller short tracks around the country families and promoters who have worked so hard and realized that well you know can i continue to 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 bleed and sweat and and work incredible hours and squeak out a minimal profit or can i take this and generate generational wealth by selling this land to be redeveloped for some other purpose and that's the biggest threat that the racing has is, is racetracks going away and the way we combat that is by getting out and supporting racetracks going out and seeing races and let people in the racing industry know we're fans. We're not just on social media. We're not just watching, but we're actually spending our time and our money to go to the track and support the sport that we love. And I think that's very well said. And uh, with ePartrade really supporting the entire industry from racetracks to sanctioning bodies to suppliers and vendors and all of that, Mike, with what Speedway Motorsports has year-round, not just during the major event weekends, but year-round, the things that people don't necessarily see on the public-facing side, it supports all of that. And we really appreciate you coming on here today and uh, looking forward to a big 2024 season upcoming. Thanks, Brad. I appreciate all your work you do in promoting the sport and appreciate that everybody's put this together and really enjoy it. See you all soon. Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you very much. Registering on ePartrade is easy. To start, click on the Join for Free button on the homepage. First, search your company to see if it's already in our database. If you see your company on the list, click on it to select it. Then, choose Claim Company if you are one of the decision makers, an owner, marketing person, or main company contact. Or choose Join Company if you are an employee, and press Continue. If you couldn't find your company in our database, select Register a New Company. On the following page, fill out your name, email, phone number, job title, and choose a secure password. If you chose Register a New Company, you'll need to choose your business type. Select Supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose Racing Business if you're looking to source new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose Race Team if you own or are a member of a professional race team. Then, enter your company name. Please provide a website, Facebook page, or LinkedIn if you have one, and choose to either claim or join the company. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Finally, click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. An email will be sent to your inbox. Please confirm your email address and you will be approved shortly. Welcome to ePartrade.